0: Welcome to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Here's your host
1: Hans Christian Wittinghus. Hello guys and girls and welcome to another episode of A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Finally I'm back with a guest episode, something I hope to do a lot more of this summer as I won't be away on tournaments. Today you'll be listening to be Win Chang talk about her amazing journey with Babson. but before that I want to thank my latest Patron, Tyne, who is Patron number 53. Thanks so much to all of you amazing Patrons. You keep adding fuel to this podcast by keeping my motivation high. So this would definitely not be possible without all of you. Hopefully it will keep growing though, I definitely try to make it worthwhile being a patron by offering exclusive live chat sessions, chances to win prizes, early episode releases and much more. So if you want to join, please do so on patreon.com. And remember, it's all up to you how much or how little you want to support with and you can stop your support again at any time. Now without any further ado, let's move on to the chat with today's guest. Today's guest was born in China, but as a professional badminton player, she has represented Singapore and the US, for whom she has now qualified for the Olympics, Olympic Games in Tokyo. She's currently ranked 14 in the world in women's singles, but she has been as high as number nine in the world. She's won 16 international singles titles, including the India Open, US Open, the Pan Am Championships, and also three titles at Dutch Open. She has the game to trouble anyone in the world on her best days. So I'm very excited to have her as a guest today to find out more about her impressive journey and how she manages to do it almost all by herself. So Beiwen Chang, warm welcome to my podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> so nice to have you and welcome to uh, Denmark too. Can you just uh, briefly tell my listeners why you're in Denmark now, actually? Because I just said you, uh, you're from China, you've been to Singapore and now you're in the US, but right now you're in Denmark. Why is that?
0: okay <laughs> i think everybody knows my journey like before uh when i moved uh, in us right now i'm in denmark because first you know us have no national team and then also all the players we are at different cities so it's hard to like ask them to training together <laughs> and right now it's like we only qualify for women singles and men singles and i'm not sure the Men's doubles yet. So we can't really training together. And uh, right now I apply a scholarship for the uh, EOC training center. So yeah, here we go. I'm in Denmark. <laughs> yeah,
1: so you're going to be here all the way until the Olympics? Yes. Oh, that's a long time away from home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yeah, I guess it makes sense. You will have a lot more uh, good sparring there than you do in, in the US.
0: Yeah, and uh, originally, I I've, I've actually planned to train in Singapore. But right now, mm. is the COVID situation in Asia, yeah, it's been a little bit crazy. So uh, all all the tournaments are canceled. So I was uh, just decided to come back to Denmark again.
1: Yeah, okay. All right, that makes sense. And you also have quite a bit of a relation with Denmark because you're, you're playing for Vinces, right? I know you're not doing it this yeah. season, but you're returning next year, right?
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Next season. Yeah, next
1: season, yeah. So is that you going to be your fourth season in Vendsyssel or something like that? A third, maybe. I, don't
0: know I lost count, but I think it's fourth season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So you like it in Denmark?
0: Yeah, I like it. I, actually, I really like like, uh, uh in Europe and Denmark because mm-hmm. like people are nice and also like are easy to like yeah. talk
1: to <laughs> oh, that's good that's good to know i hope you also find me easy to talk to it's no secret that we are not the, really that familiar with each other of course we know each other from the tournaments but it's not that we're not the closest friends to uh, yeah. to be honest so it's going to be interesting for me also to talk to you because uh, i don't uh, i don't know your story that well actually but before before we get into talking about your story uh, going from singapore to us and all this there's one question that my listeners all wanted to uh, wanted me to ask you they are all mentioning the one time against tai su ying at the world championships in 2018 when you do the (laughs) split on court and i had to go watch the video of course i've seen it before but i I went to youtube to watch it and it, it looks crazy you go into a full split at 1918 in the first game and you recover and you win the point so they just want to know have you always been that flexible or does it take a lot of training, or yeah? What's the story behind that split?
0: This is the funny story. You know, I never done that when I'm training, okay. never, never have ever. And then it's only happened to me. Like I'm playing badminton for just twenty years. It only happened to me like twice, and those two times are all recorded.
1: Ah, oh, that's perfect.
0: Yeah, I was like, and it. The funny thing is, like when I travel somewhere else, and actually people are asking me, "Hey, Baby, can you do the split story?" I was like, "I can't uh, nope. do it because I've never done that when I was training." Oh my god, I was like, "Can we just remember something? Others not this videos."
1: <laughs> Ah uh, that's that's fun. That's fun. so you' yeah. you don't do anything specifically to try and uh, be able to do it. Again. yeah,
0: I think it just happens also because yeah. like in tournaments, you are really focused, you don't really know what movement you're gonna do on eggs, you know
1: mm. yeah, that's true. that's true. W- when is the second time I-, I only know about the one from uh, the match against Tai Su Ying.
0: okay, in Denmark, open, okay, I have the video. I can send it to you
1: <laughs> what, what what year? what year?
0: Uh, I think it's on 2017 or eighteen. I was against Yamakuchi.
1: Okay. But I
0: didn't win in that point.
1: Okay. All right. But if it's on YouTube, then people should go and uh, try to find it. And if they can't find that one, at least I know they can find the one with the Tsai Ying and they should go check it out (laughs) because it's crazily impressive, no doubt about it. all right uh, but when we will uh, move on and start talking a bit more about your uh, your entire journey with uh, the i want to go back to where you started not not in china but i want to know why already at the age of 13 you moved to singapore right from china because mm-hmm. in my mind of course i've heard about chinese people moving to singapore before but in my mind, China is a bigger badminton nation than Singapore. So wh- why would you move from China to Singapore to pursue badminton?
0: <laughs> OK, first, like in China in uh, back then,
1: mm.
0: um, a lot of things, um, you know, like people are in the connections in China. So mm. for my parents, they don't really have a connection for the professional sports because they're not athlete and also my dad or my parents they don't really know anything about that like uh, badminton mm. so um which um my par- I think I remember my parents talked to my coach so my coach said if you have a choices you just choose to go over overseas because uh in China you know like uh, some uh some things are on the table you
1: know mm. Yeah, yeah, I it's,
0: understand. Yeah. So my parents just, asked, just said, oh, if you have a chance, we will just send you to the overseas. That's all they like, mm-hmm. uh, that's their target.
1: <laughs> and and you you were 13 at the time, right?
0: Yeah, because one, I think my dad heard uh, news or some like he heard something from, you know, other people. And yeah. he heard like there's a uh, selections happens in Wuxi, that's the city uh, in Jiangsu. So mm-hmm. uh so I've been the selection that I have been like selected. That's why I was going to Singapore. Yeah. I was oh, pretty okay. lucky. <laughs>
1: did, did you also feel lucky at the time? I would imagine when you're 13 that it's a pretty pretty uh like scary move actually to have to move to another country and your parents didn't go mm-hmm. with you, right?
0: Actually or... I didn't really think that much. I, I okay. my personality is like just to look for. It, I don't really care. Like, uh, mm-hmm. what happens on the next? Because my parents also treat me as a doubt. Because when they talk to me, that they, they just when I was like eleven or twelve, they just talk to me as a an doubt and they ask me like, do you want to study or play badminton full time? Then mm-hmm. uh, I don't like study, so <laughs> I am like, I just go badminton. <laughs> but, but my parents said, don't you never ever forget it? Because we, right now we are preparing for your, um, what you choose. If you choose this, then you cannot, like, regret. And I was like, okay, just go for it.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So you, you actually, you didn't study in Singapore at all?
0: No. Full-time okay. Yeah all
1: right. I, th- I thought that was quite unusual in Singapore, actually, because uh, I always seen that as a society where uh, education is very high-prioritized as well.
0: Yeah. Because I think, also my parents said, like, because... If you choose both, I think in in Asia, if you choose both, mm. it's really hard to like uh, succeed.
1: Mm. So,
0: like my parents, would just choose one. Then.
1: Yeah, oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. But you, you only you stayed in Singapore from two thousand and seven to
0: no. Uh, oh. I was a uh, been citizens from two thousand seven, but ah, okay. I yeah. actually I moved to Singapore was so two thousand four yeah 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 that Good. makes Good. sense Good. With, Good. With, with
1: your age yeah. yeah and but how would like of course i'm sure that you would say that your time in singapore was very important to your badminton because that's where you started going 100 yes. but how, how do you look back at your time there because you also left because of some trouble with you and the coaching team right uh back in uh, oh, yeah. 11 or Hello, something <laughs> yeah we, we don't have to go into all of that but I, i'm more like interested in do, do you look back at your time in singapore and think it was a really good time an important time for you or or do you more yeah, remember the trouble um
0: i think it's really important because I learned a lot of things when I was uh, 17. So 2007, end of 2007, actually, I decided to like not stay in the national team anymore because Mm -hmm. that time when uh, our coach is Wang Junjie, is from China. And then he trained really, really hard and really, really tired. But we don't really have a chance to play a tournament. Okay. And I was just thinking, like, why we do what? Then why are we training? Then hmm. we actually, the crazy things that we're training from like every Saturday, we're training from 1 to 6 p.m. five hours. <sighs> I, I couldn't believe how I can finish the training, but that's every Saturday. Uh, I would just feel like it's crazy. I I, I train so hard, why there's no tournament, there's no goals. That's why I decide, okay maybe i'm not playing anymore so i was just go to malaysia like a krc uh, clubs mm-hmm. to just play for fun so i was like earning, learning a lot of things of like uh outside award you mm-hmm. know because if you're being in a team so you were never like uh, touching something outside but i learned a lot and then also after I stayed in KRC for three or four months and I was going to Taiwan. Hmm. Yeah, for okay. two two months, two and three months. And out of the 2008, I'm coming back uh, national team because the head coach called me. Yeah, I was like, oh, you've been outside for so long. Do you <laughs> want to come back? And I was like, yeah, definitely want to come back because the coach, um, Wang Junjie, is not there anymore. And then okay. the contract is the end, everything. So I was like, I would definitely miss Badminton a lot. That's yeah, okay. Was,
1: yeah, so you were like, actually, you were out of the team for almost a year. And then you came back yeah. in? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then you were there for uh, for three years. I think you left in 11 or 12 from uh, Singapore. I
0: think it was, uh, I think is the end of uh, two I think two thousand and eleven like yeah. January third
1: actually mm. and and what why did you leave at that time
0: <laughs> okay uh, most of the people they don't really know the truth, but i I right now I'm telling you like, okay, because uh, that time our coach is uh, Luan Jing. It is uh, right now' uh, Wong, also Northwest Chinese coach. no I, I yeah, he's Chinese, but he's Taiwanese huh oh, okay. and then so it's because he, he said there's a rules for, mm. for like the that's what uh, what happens like he gave us like a two days holidays. So oh. uh like a end, end of the year to like a December 31. So after 31 we train. uh trend he said, oh there's two days of rest. So January and uh January 1st and second is not training. So yes. we have we have a party like a uh, annual year like a countdown. Yeah, yeah. So I was just coming back home like second of July, uh, January. So, uh, <laughs> and the third, uh, on the third, when we are training, and he just see all oh, the quality is not good. And he just finds something happens, and then, uh, ask asking people, oh, when's coming? Uh, when's the fair ones coming back home or something? Mm. And I was just be compared with others and maybe late for five hours. Okay. Because everyone is coming back like on the first or second. I don't know. Because I have girl uh, like a boyfriend. So I was staying in my boyfriend's like a house for one night. That's reasonable. I'm over I'm over 20. So yeah. why 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 I can't and then he just stopped my training. Okay. I was like, "This is not reasonable," and he said, "Oh, there are rules, you can't like uh, not going back home." But there is no rules at all. Mm. He just print out something. I was like, "You can print out, you can, you can print out a- anything you want, and change the date." You know, mm. and he just used this reason to kick me out from the national team.
1: So, from that point on, <laughs> you did not train at the national team anymore. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty uh, pretty harsh. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and also before, like uh, we we don't really have a happy, you know, Mm. things happen, but just feel like this is not reasonable and also like all the community uh, members in Singapore is not really like uh, agree of this and he actually talked to the Minister.
1: Mm, Okay because i do i do actually remember uh that there was some kind of trouble back then i didn't remember the the story and what it was but i I remember there was a lot of uh talks about why you left the team at that time and uh,
0: yeah yeah. i was like if i have choice i would not left the team Mm -hmm. but i don't have choices because the coach told the minister said oh if they won't stay i will leave if you want me to stay they will have to leave
1: okay do you feel like, like ma- maybe he was just looking for an excuse to to kick you out?
0: Yeah. yeah. And I also like that. That's before Olympic year, like, a, you know, you have oh, to earn the, yeah. the ranking points. So I haven't started yet and I get got kicked out.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. And then, then you decided that you you wanted to move to Vegas from there, right?
0: No, uh, but at that time I was just like stay outside of the like uh, Singapore and coaching. I was coaching. I was retired. Okay.
1: Really yeah. Retired, you, yeah. yeah. You didn't want to play anymore. You you just moved to be a coach and have new opportunities. But it's or... not.
0: I don't want to play. It's yeah. in Singapore. Is no chance to play because Singapore yeah. only national team can and en- like enter an international tournament. Yeah. So everything have to go through a national team and then like uh, go through their office. So there's no like also it's not possible to sponsor him by myself like in Singapore. There's yeah. no clubs in okay. Singapore. Yeah.
1: And then then why did you choose Las Vegas of all, all the places? They <laughs> you just want to go to the casino so yeah why why did you choose to go there?
0: I think everything is just coincidence. Okay. Like I was like, have really lucky like journey to USA because first, when I booked to fly to USA, and I don't know, I need a e e visa. Okay, I have no idea, I need it. And my friend said, Oh, maybe you don't need it. You it. My friend also said, don't know, so I booked the ticket. And the day when I fly, and I said, Oh, where's the Easter? I was like, What is the Easter? And I said, if you don't have, you cannot fly. And I was applying in the airport.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> because I was oh, going to yeah. say, if if you go to the States without an ESA, uh, uh, you, you, you cannot get in, right? There's no chance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm going to just, like, uh, get it, sent it back, you know. I was, then I, I just apply in the airport. I am luckily get, a, like, a email back in 30 minutes. But normally, they say it takes six to eight hours. That's the first lucky things I got. And (laughs) my... (laughs) It's supposed to be female. And (laughs) on top, it's male because it's too (laughs) bright. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Everything is just so funny. And I was like, oh, if like... It's... this is wrong that I can't get in because it's totally different person. And they said, oh, we will call you, just fly then." And then when I get there and then the immigration people asked me, how long are you here for? And I was just really honest. I was like three months. <laughs> mm. and then they said, oh, follow me. And then I would just follow them to the room. They <clears throat> said, it's not possible because I, um, I'm only bringing 1,000 cash u.s Mm. dollars cash and they said then you stay here for three months Mm. they they just not that's not possible eh? yeah (laughs) (laughs) i said i have my credit cards you didn't you just asked me for the cash and i was just honest and then they they that's like they said three months too long because easter i the most longest i can stay is 90 days and i want to stay in 90 days and they actually like what's going on right now so they yeah. they just afraid like a, i'm bending in in the u.s you know
1: yeah all right
0: so i would just like but i'm i'm just here for like a visit my friend i just want to walk around like i have i have like my credit cards then what else do you need right yeah. and that's time my english is not so good i don't know how i don't remember how i speak to them and my like uh, the immigration asked me my um asked my friend's number, and when they yeah. call, my friend cannot speak English.
1: Ah uh, no no no!
0: Oh my god! I was just stuck in the immigration room for four hours.
1: But That's did you get in?
0: I trying to enter U.S. So this is a really like a really funny like a trip. So when I uh, like, when my friends talk to them, like they said, oh, just visit me. And if she's like, uh, she's, uh, her visa kind of gone soon, Mm -hmm. then I will go back home. That's what he said. And then when I just get to the San Francisco, my friend said, oh, then, uh, how long you want to stay in San Francisco? That's Mm -hmm. she uh, he asked me. I was like, I really want to work around and uh, if I have some tournaments and he said there's some tournaments if you want to play and I was like oh two years almost two years I didn't really training I cannot play and then he said he's fine I think the U.S. level is pretty low and you can play that's why I was uh, asking like around if someone I know in U.S. so I found like a Las Vegas badminton club and also like my childhood friends are there so I was contact uh-huh. to them and then yeah, that that's why I'm in Vegas.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then you, you started working in Vegas as a coach?
0: Nope. I would nope. just like nope. No working. Okay. No working okay. until 2013.
1: Okay. So you were just living life and enjoying being in the US, playing some badminton yeah, in just, the US?
0: Um, I would just play some tournaments to get like uh like a quick cash and pocket mm. money. And also like um uh, uh After three months, I go to Canada to play a Canada Open. And the Mm. way I come back, because my visa is expired. Mm. So I try to come back. And then I go into the immigration room again.
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh, no.
0: (laughs) But you you manage. Yeah, your visa is expired. You should go home. That's what I said. And now I was like, everything. um, my everything is in U.S. right now. I have to pick it up. And then, and then there's a U.S. Open after Canada Open. Hmm. So I said, I still have to play the tournament. Actually, they let me in. Okay. They give me another three months. This, they, they said this really never happens.
1: You must be very uh, persuasive when you talk to people. You must be very good at uh, convincing them about your ideas, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know because that time is only my myself, and I would just show them like I I'm in the tournament, you know. Yeah. And I really want to want to play, and then I also like a Singapore passport, maybe not maybe not China passport. That's why mm-hmm. they said, oh, just let you in, and I I get another three months. When
1: when when you played those tournaments, were you already representing uh, USA?
0: No. No. I actually changed to uh, represent USA on 2013 US Open. Mm. That's my first you uh, like uh, represent US. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Minute. I also think when I looked up your uh, your results, I could see that 2013 and 14 you started winning a lot of uh, tournaments. Actually, you won I think four international challenge titles in 13. And then you won five titles in 2014, and that's including the US Open and I think also Dutch Open the first time for you. Mm. So there's a pretty big change there around 13, 14 uh, when you started representing uh, US. Do you think there's like a particular reason why you started really performing well at that time?
0: Uh I think I I think I'm really different with other player. For me, it's like what happens in my life is actually helping my badminton. Mm. yeah it's also like when i was back then before like uh, what happens in like in singapore so when i i was like, almost a year and i going back to singapore and then i just training for one month and then i win my first uh, like a uh, senior tournament
1: mm.
0: uh vietnam open mm. yeah yeah so i think it's just because yeah I don't know, I'm just a little bit different with other people.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. Right, I guess it, it must also, like, it must have been a big change for you, right? Because you, you were used to the national team set up in Singapore, and then you moved to US, and there's no national team set up or anything. You don't have a lot of good spying players. You don't have a lot of uh, coaches with lots of experience, maybe. So, like, was it a, a big change, or did you not really think too much about it? For I didn't you, was really all think the same. about
0: it because I already retired for two years and when I just pick it up badminton again I just feel like happy
1: yeah okay yeah, yeah. I was just like
0: oh I, st- I still have a chance to play badminton then that's it that's that's what I want to do so I really didn't really think about like um, I'm gonna win these tournaments I'm gonna do what I, I didn't really think about it I was just like oh okay there's a chance then I just wanted to play I just give my best that's it I didn't really think too
1: much. that's pretty cool actually so you didn't come back with a goal of wanting to go to the olympics or win the world championships you actually just wanted to enjoy playing and uh yeah i have yes. the chance to play
0: yeah. yeah i was just at that time i was pretty young i was 23 and i was all like um um maybe just good things happened to my life because before when when i'm in singapore like two 2000- thousand. 9, 10, 11 those three years i have really bad luck everything is bad things happens at same times mm. so like in uh for the u.s journey yes at first it may be a lot of like troubles happens to me but it's also a good end so i was not i was just thinking like oh my time finally is coming <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> And you you earned it. You probably thought that, right? Because you had so much tough time that you uh, you earned some uh, a little bit of luck and some good times. But I, I'm still a little curious to know why. Like, how is it possible to then all of a sudden after two years where you're just playing a little bit and you're not really pursuing a big goal? How is it possible to then suddenly win a lot of international tournaments in 14, uh, 13 and fourteen? Like, what what was your training setup?
0: I think the first is. Mm, you have to be enjoy the badminton and mm. i also didn't expect mm. anything i think that's the like important thing because mm. if you're expecting things things will always like go in to the back like mm. a so first yeah. is like um i also get sponsors by uh for the first first year when i like uh, play for us mm. that's the lucky thing at first three tournaments actually is not going pretty good yeah so um and then the the sponsors also is not like happy about it yeah because that in that like a three first three tournaments uh happens i think i really really wants to win and hmm. i was just yeah everything's yeah. not going too good so
1: And maybe you were, because you you really wanted to win, you were maybe also putting more pressure on yourself. Yeah, you You want to prove yourself to the sponsors and expecting more, maybe.
0: Yeah, but after those three tournaments, I was coming back home, I was thinking, like, sit down and thinking by myself. I was like, maybe sponsor don't want to sponsor me anymore. Mm. But I was thinking, okay, forget it. Just play, enjoy every match maybe this is my last two matches, like mm. a, two tournaments, he sponsored me. I was like, whatever. I just don't think too much. Mm. So and then I won the tournaments. I can't believe it. I was like, I never win a challenge before. Mm. Yeah. So I was like,
1: oh, and then okay. you started winning a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I think it's the correct um, mental. That's as to what i should thinking not like expecting anything
1: did did you work with a coach in in vegas did you no, have a coach uh, there's oh. no
0: coach we actually in, uh before in vegas we have like a six team members in that time okay so we actually training together yeah
1: and then you're year. just and you're deciding on your on your own what kind of exercises and what kind of training you yeah. needed to do yeah, yeah that's
0: funny that's really yeah it fun. is yeah i also
1: like, like for, for me for me i think it must be a big change because you're from the chinese culture and singapore where it's a lot more strict right right you just you do whatever the coach says you has to you have to do right and then yeah. all of a sudden now you just decide everything yourself yeah but i guess with your personality maybe this way is better for you yeah what would you say?
0: Maybe I'm just getting relaxed, you know, mm. because in national team, even we are training good, we have pressure, okay, yeah, all right, so like I think it's something when you play tournament, you also know like it's actually not all because the skills.
1: <laughs> mm. yeah, sometimes it's also a little bit of luck,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think
0: it's just also, I think it's just luck on my side mm. in that. Mm. When I was just moved to US.
1: Then let's uh, move ahead a little bit because I, I want to. I really wanted to talk about one of your really big wins as well, uh, and I'm sure you probably already know which one it's going to be. But that's the India Open when you won that in uh, in 2018, right? You beat uh, Sindhu in the final, 22-20 in the third,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you also beat Sina on the way to uh, to winning. The title. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty special to say that you won India Open beating the two big stars of uh, of Indian Bams. And I guess for you as well, that must have been like the really the the biggest breakthrough for you and the, the point where you really proved to yourself that you can actually beat all the best players also in the in the big matches, right? It must have been a big moment mm-hmm. for you.
0: Yeah, I think in that time I really don't know how to play with China. I think mm. this up is my biggest um opponents in that tournament. Mm. That that's what I prepared for. And then I don't I, I think I also didn't think a lot and I also that time uh, my mind was pretty clear. <laughs> mm. So I didn't really expect I'd be China sign up for just two sets. Mm. And then after I and I before the uh in the open I was playing like so bad in uh Indonesia Open. That's why I also didn't expect a lot because it's just not good like uh, feelings on court. So when I go into India, I also didn't expect anything. And also, um, when I play with Sun, I think it's the quarterfinal. So I was just thinking, okay, okay. Maybe just play one by one point, not thinking too much. Just uh, keep simple and um, see what's going on on court. Because I'm the type like when I play tournaments, I don't think that much. Mm. You just, just play, see, yeah, just see yeah. what what happens. So, of course, I have plan, but just mm. if I thinking too much, I cannot I cannot sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. Do Do you think then it's actually? An advantage for you that you travel without a coach often, because if there's a coach in the chair behind you, often he will say stuff, and then maybe you will start thinking more. So, is it better for you to not have a coach, or would you prefer that was someone?
0: Ah, uh, I think with coach or without coach, I think it will be like a same same percentage. Because hmm. with coach, like you maybe play with the like average, but in the important things, coach might drag you off. the You know, coach also might help you. So it's actually
1: 50-50 yeah okay so All with
0: right. coach or without coach actually are almost the same depends okay. what you're used to it but mm. for me i have skills if the coach behind me i also can close my ears so I'm mm. okay with it. Yeah.
1: but i think i think it's actually a little bit unusual to say like you say that it's it's almost the same i think most players would prefer to have a coach there and uh, so i think it's quite interesting to hear that you say that it's it's it doesn't really matter if it's a coach or if there's no coaches it advantages uh, with both actually i think that's quite interesting
0: i think it's just other players don't really like it used to
1: mm. yeah yeah and you've been used to it for many years now i, I think yeah. i think that's <laughs> it's so impressive for me that that you're able to produce these kind of results when you have no one that's really guiding or, yeah, helping you uh, build up like training schedules and stuff like that. And when I uh, researched for this uh, podcast episode, uh, I spoke to Ellen Kolbro, from uh, Ventsyssel, uh, <laughs> and one thing he told me uh, was that I was going to be surprised how little training you have in the hall at some times, actually. Uh, that that you don't do so much training in the hall, that like the badminton hall, but then you do a lot of physical work, right? And then when you get closer to a tournament, then you do more training in the hall. Is is that correct? That I understand that correctly? Yes.
0: If uh, somewhere I can training, I was do like physical, like more than on court.
1: Mm.
0: And the longest I didn't really touch the shuttle is three months. Oh, it's not not COVID time.
1: <laughs> three months. <laughs> yeah how is that possible i don't understand it
0: <laughs> okay before you do know before the schedules like after singapore open and i will skip uh new zealand and australia and mm-hmm. for like until july we don't really have tournaments that's almost three months yeah, yeah okay. that's three months so, that, so i don't play yeah.
1: you didn't play you just did some physical work and then uh and, well, and, coaching. Yeah. and coaching okay yeah that, that's really really amazing but I guess what does make a little sense in my mind is then it's probably a lot easier for you when you come back to actually enjoy playing right because you've been away from it for so long so you you must enjoy it even more when you get back on court because that like when with the calendar we have and with all the training we do in a normal schedule I think it's safe to say that sometimes you get a little bit tired of Babinson uh, like I love to play but when you train all the time of course you need that break sometimes so I guess that would be the advantage of what you're doing, right? That when you come back, you have a bigger, like, hunger to play badminton.
0: Yeah. And also, like, I also been, like, same as you before I before I hated badminton because I train a lot. And mm. then when I see badminton, I will throw up. <laughs> mm. I also have that time. But right now, it's, like, um, if there is somebody, like, helping me training, I was appreciate no matter, like, what levels they are because hmm. it's people wanted to help. So I uh, um even I'm training less but I'm trying to like try to play like almost like every day. I'm trying. Oh, <laughs> so I was joking like with my friend if compared like with what I touch in the shuttle, I think the COVID time like we will show like <laughs> actually I'm I, I'm like uh used to this part of like not
1: uh, <laughs> you you were already prepared for it, so for you it was just like yeah, normal, so almost.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's good. That's really good. <laughs> All right, uh, we will move on to the uh, the final part before we have some listener questions, Be-Wen. Um Because now you've been in the US for quite some time, uh, and I have a lot of listeners that also wanted to hear your take on Babinson in the US, like. Well, what's the state of the sport there do you feel like in the years you've been there that the sport is growing or do you don't really uh, feel a big difference from when you arrived
0: okay when i was there for 2012 i in the badminton hall is not much people mm. in vegas mm. and right now like i i heard a lot of school there is a badminton like uh, like a uh, Class or something? I don't know. It's class or badminton. Uh, I just they have a like a badminton like uh classes or if people will play badminton. That's what I heard. And also like right now, like me and my partners open a gym in um Chicago. Actually, there's a lot of opportunity to like just bring the badminton in and then like uh, marketing and promotions. I can see like there's a lot of potentials. You know because everybody like to like play a sports especially the parents want their kids get out from the house mm, yeah. <laughs> and also people they don't some people they don't really like outside sports so they, they would choose badminton mm. yeah okay. so i think maybe we will take time but i hope like badminton can grow in, in mm. u.s but i can see right now it's like more and more people's getting like a play in badminton and then you can see mm. Cal. California they have they have like uh, a lot of gyms mm. they are so com- competitive mm. yeah so I think um we are just trying to like um like uh promote on the middle west and then yeah, yeah okay think, Do- yeah
1: when, when I think about sports in the U.S. I also I have this picture that it's it's dominated by the sports that are also big in college and university, right? Like American football or baseball or basket, uh, yeah, basketball and uh, yeah, sports like that. Do, do you know if there's like, uh, are they trying in U.S. badminton to actually get into schools that way? Do you know that? or?
0: Okay. um, Actually, I just noticed uh, when I play Pan Am, I was talking to like a U.S. AB and then like, Pan Am mm-hmm. America in us uh, the things all the sports association is self funding mm. they they don't have any support from the government okay that's why each uh each like association like have to find a sponsors to like sponsor them so yeah badminton is not really big sports for them so our sponsors is just a <laughs> little bit that's yeah. why they can't really sponsor, like, us. I, I, when I know that, I was shocked, because mm. at least uh, Canada is better than us because their sports forces from governments. They have mm. government funding, like, the top eight players, they have a government funding every mm. year. So if compared with Canada, we still have to improve and find more spon- sponsors, because mm. this this kind of, like, a, um association, like, a self-funding and, everything we can change that.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's it's very difficult to grow if they do not find more sponsorship, more funding.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh we will we we have a picture because in in Hoback we have actually centered to like uh there accept all the players from Europe and outside country. So I'm thinking like if it's possible to you know do it the same in the US, like mm. uh all the Panam players can join the training. So after my retire, of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But yeah. well, that's also something I wanted to talk to you about because you you have already started an academy, right?
0: Uh, not really. I'm just like a part of the gym.
1: Ah, okay. Okay, I thought you you had already started it, but that's maybe the plan in the future to uh, to be part of a, a bigger academy and then bring all the Pan Am players to a center like the one in Hollywood. Yeah
0: and I also wants to help because you can see my journey I get a lot of helps like uh mm. strangers all that like I do two times go on me you know I want to return to the other players yeah mm.
1: I think that's also a good point because I think everyone they see you as a player that do not have a lot of support because we see you all the time without a coach and you're traveling alone all the time. But it's it's quite nice to hear you say that you have actually had a lot of support from strangers, uh, yeah, by coincidence. So you have had, had yeah, support, but just not, not in the same way as a Chinese national team player or a Danish national team player, of course.
0: Because for me, I'm not looking for like a lot of money. I'm, for hmm. me, my target is the money is just enough for what I'm using, that's it. Yeah. I don't really hungry or for money because I feel like happy happy, and my goal is the most important thing. And yeah. I also know a lot of player actually have the same situations. Of course, I'm the lucky one because um, I'm a little bit famous. So yeah. <laughs> I can get like a, a support. So yeah. I want to re- like uh, return those uh, for other player because yeah i know their situation i know how they feel it yeah,
1: yeah that makes sense i, I really yeah. hope that you will succeed in building up a uh a center academy in that way because it but will make, be great
0: next time you can put a close to the players
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but it will be amazing also to see the sport grow not just in the u.s but the entire panam region so it's not of course now it it's pretty much dominated by asia and then a little bit of by europe but we really need more places to uh, to be more dominant in the sport. So I really hope that you will uh, succeed with that. That would be amazing.
0: Thank you. Hope for it.
1: All right, moving on to the final uh, part, Baywin, uh, the listener questions. Uh, I've just uh, chosen uh, two today, actually. Uh, the first one is from a uh, a user called Rising Shuttles on Instagram. And uh, he or she is simply just asking, "What is your goal for the future?" And I think that's in term in terms of your your badminton.
0: My goal, mm. Mm. I think, to I think my win goal the Olympics. Is, um, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit too far if win the Olympics. <laughs> but I think if I have a chance to touch the medals, mm. yeah,
1: yeah, that's my when goal. You, that's my biggest goal. Yeah. All right, that's cool. You also, you've proven that you can beat some of the uh, the best players, right? So, why, you have a chance, of course, to win a medal.
0: Yeah, but you know, women's singles a little bit like a tricky. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's very tough. It's one of the most competitive uh, categories, that's for sure. So yeah, many You will never
0: know what happens. <laughs> mm.
1: And I think actually, what makes the women's singles really tough at the Olympics is that we have a lot of players in the top 10, top 12 that are from different countries. So you get them all to go at the, to the olympics you don't see for example if there were three chinese or four japanese players then it would only be two of them who went right but right now yeah. you get all the top players at the olympics in, in women's singles because they're all from different countries so it's it's really a tough field right
0: well that's why what people are like what audience want to see yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> definitely definitely i'm i'm gonna go there as a commentator for danish tv and one of the events that i'm really excited to uh, to be watching is definitely women's oh, singles. Yeah. oh
0: really so i'm gonna see you there.
1: yeah you can see me in the commentator box uh, just talking about badminton not playing at all but uh, i did the same in london and rio so oh, I'm, that's a uh, good
0: experience
1: yeah i loved it in rio and i loved it in london so i'm excited to uh, to go again and i'm uh i'm keeping my fingers crossed that the olympics will not be cancelled i don't want that to happen
0: yeah right now right now yeah a little bit rose. <laughs>
1: yeah we'll see we'll see about that right the uh the next question that uh, we went is from uh, David Ho one of my longtime uh, followers and a big fan of the podcast and he had a I think it's a quite interesting uh, question uh, if you could choose to train with any national team which one would it be you you didn't you don't have to change your nationality you could keep on representing uh, the us but if you could choose one national team where you could do your training which, which team would you choose
0: mm, i think i would just stay on what i have right now because now i can choose wherever i can go
1: <laughs> you like the freedom
0: <laughs> yeah because for me for my time i want a holiday then i would just like stay home for three days not doing
1: anything yeah. well, so there's no think- one no one telling you the rules are different you have to go training yeah right. <laughs> i think okay. i would
0: stay the same yeah.
1: yeah i think that's a really good answer by win and a good way to uh to wrap up this podcast but thank you so much for uh for taking uh, some time out to uh to talk to me i uh, i hope you found it fun too it was interesting for me for sure <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you to me Miami, <laughs> for this.
1: All my pleasure. And uh, have a good time in uh, in Holbeck and enjoy Denmark. Thank you. And good luck in Tokyo.
0: Yeah. Have a good day.
1: Thanks, you too. Bye.
0: Yeah, bye-bye.
1: That was a real fun chat for me. Because as I said during the interview, I actually did not know Beewen's story very well I also did not really know her as a person either obviously I've seen her at tournaments a million times but she's never really been someone I've been talking to but anyhow I still felt like I had an idea of what kind of person she was I must admit though I was a little surprised by her candidness I don't know exactly why I just did not expect it to be quite as evident as it was possibly But it was amazing to hear her tell her story of why she moved to the US and also how her now being the absolute best player of the nation actually involved quite a bit of luck, according to her. What surprised me the most, though, was to hear her confirm that she sometimes basically does not train on court for weeks. How that's even possible with the level she's consistently showing is just mind baffling to me i was also happy to hear her explanation as to why she's been so successful after moving to the u.s despite the lack of world-class support system around her according to her it's all about being happy and enjoying herself off court and that deals so well with what i always try to say that badminton is supposed to be fun that's the most important thing. And if young players ever ask me if they should train more or train harder to get better, I always try to say it's not necessarily the right way to go to become better. If it takes away the joy or your joy of the game, you will not get the one defect actually with time, you will get the exact opposite. So with that in mind, I'll wrap up this episode by saying, remember to have fun both off-court and on-court. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll be back soon with another episode.
0: Thank you for listening to A Year on Tour with Vittinghus. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, share and leave a comment in iTunes or your preferred podcast app.